This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And a very good Sunday morning to you. We've got a busy show ahead. I'll tell you about that in just a couple minutes. Jessica, I want to back up here just a minute. Um, you know, I don't know if most people are aware of this, but when a a law enforcement canine is injured, that's the same as a police officer being shot. What do we know about this incident yesterday? So this happened in Fond du Lac. All we know about the the dog right now is the dog was seriously wounded during the incident. It was a, a weapons disturbance and uh, shots were fired between a sheriff's officer and the suspect. Um, the suspect uh, died at the scene, but we don't know exactly how the dog was injured. Um, and all we know right now is still in critical condition at the hospital for the dog. Oh, that's that's so sad. And I, I mean, any law enforcement officer obviously involved in a shooting uh, and being injured is terrible. But again, you know, there's that compassion thing. Anytime you hear it's an animal, especially an animal doing its job. Right. You, yeah. You don't hear about the, the animal injuries every day. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep us posted on that. And uh, I can see why the officer who was the handler has certainly been <clears throat> involved and in removed from duty because he's got to be going through a lot emotionally as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jess, thank you so much. Well, we've got a busy show this morning, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a busy week here at uh, WTMJ because our own Eric Bilstead is involved in the JDRF One Walk on Saturday. That's going to be at Greenfield Park. And, you know, Eric lives with type 1 diabetes, and he's proud to be emceeing that walk. JDRF raises money for research and treatment, and ultimately they're looking for a cure for type 1 diabetes, which is different than type 2. Usually type 1 is diagnosed in children. And for fourth grader Morgan Kale lives with, with type 1 diabetes, and Eric Bilstead has her story. Imagine if you had to inject medicine every time you ate anything. And if you didn't take the right amount, you'd risk going unconscious or worse. It's like a newborn getting up all the time, except it's it's a life or death situation. It was a successful afternoon at the Pewaukee Sports Complex. How'd the game go today? We won. Three to one. All right. And how do you feel? Good. Strong. Morgan Kale is nine years old. How's that blood sugar? Everything good? Yeah. Yeah? We're dropping a little bit right now. Yeah, I get it. Post-activity. Post right? I saw you crushing orange, right? Yep. Anne is Morgan's mother. Morgan is the youngest of three. She's a fourth grader, plays soccer, loves it. Very caring, helpful individual. <laughs> Morgan lives with type 1 diabetes. It's otherwise known as T1D. You have to get shots and your pancreas doesn't work anymore. So you have to put insulin in your body. Morgan was diagnosed two years ago. How did that go? Was that a surprise? Did that come out of nowhere? It came out of nowhere. There We have no family history. Felt kind of familiar with it, but... You're not familiar until you're in it. (laughs) 
for sure. So when that happened, how how, how were you feeling? Oh my gosh, so overwhelmed, very scared. Yeah, um, trying to hold back tears, right? Because your your kid, you want to get seem like it's not so bad, but it is. A, it is scary because everything changes. Everything changes. So what exactly is it? Well, if you live with T1D, in a nutshell, it means your pancreas no longer creates insulin, which is used to control your body's blood sugar. That means anytime you eat something, you need to inject the exact amount of insulin into your body in order to keep your blood sugar at a healthy level. If you don't, you risk a blood sugar that goes high or goes too low. I like feel like tired, droopy, mm-hmm. and like hard to stay awake. Confused sometimes? Yeah, confused. A high blood sugar means long-term damage to your body. A low blood sugar means possibly slipping into unconsciousness or worse. Anne says this can happen at any time, even in the middle of the night. I kind of liken it to a newborn all over again because she doesn't wake up. She sleeps through the loud alarms that are right in her ear and she sleeps through several juice boxes during the night, applesauce pouches, she sleeps through all of it. So um, it's like a newborn getting up all the time, except it's it's a life or death situation. Morgan wears a continuous glucose monitor on one of her arms, which gives her real-time blood sugar numbers. On the other arm, a special device that provides her essential medicine 24-7. That's like what I have on my arm. I have these devices. They put insulin in me and one checks my blood sugar. The Kale family credits JDRF, which raises money for research and care for T1D. We're in a good spot, I think, with being able to have these devices, right? It has made um, managing it a whole lot easier than it would have been even five, ten years ago. So um, the work that they're doing, the research, it's pretty amazing. Back on the soccer field, the future looks bright for Morgan on and off the pitch. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? you any idea? A famous soccer player and um, I'm not really sure. I'm not thinking about that. You got time. Yeah, I'm only nine. And if you want to learn more about Morgan and donate to the JDRF One Walk, you can text the word WALK to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. And Eric Bilstead's going to be here with us a little bit later on. And he's going to give us his personal reaction when he found out he had type 1 diabetes. Busy show ahead. Greg Marcus is going to be joining us next hour. How many Swifties were at the theaters this weekend? We'll find out. Also coming up in a about five minutes we've got mark cass in the studio live with us from the milwaukee business journal and in just two minutes it's uh matt sassler and sports right here on wtmj 8 15 and 47 degrees in the third preseason game it's game time as lillard Giannis, and chris middleton all are expected to play for the first time this preseason when the bucks take on the lakers lillard on what he's most excited for Obviously, just being on the floor with him in general, you know, he's going to have a lot of attention on him. I've never been in a situation where, you know, teams load up on somebody else and, you know, give me space to do what I got to do. So I'm excited for that. Tip-off from Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles is scheduled for tonight at 6. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5 with Buck Shootaround.
The Heartland Trophy remains in the hands of the Hawkeyes after the Badgers fell to Iowa 15-6. Wisconsin played the better part of the game without starting quarterback Tanner Mordecai, who exited the game with a hand injury. Head coach Luke Fickle with the latest on his starting quarterback. It doesn't look good for, for a little while. Um, you know, he, he, he couldn't grip the ball. So we'll, we'll have to make sure we find out what the, what the deal is tomorrow and see how long that, uh, that, may, that may last. Backup Braden Locke went 15 of 30 for 122 yards with an interception. The loss drops the Badgers to 4-2, 2-1 in the Big Ten. They travel south next week to take on Illinois. Kickoff is scheduled for 2.30 p.m. The 2-3 and three Packers are idle this week. What is head coach Matt LaFleur doing for the bye? I wouldn't say I'll, I'll be sleeping in the office these next few days, but uh, I would say that I'll be in here quite a bit and um, just try to find find something that to build upon moving forward. The Green and Gold resume play next Sunday in Denver. And also the MLB postseason is down to four teams. It resumes tonight with an all-Texas ALCS between the Rangers and the Astros. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who swept the Brewers in the wild card, and then the Dodgers in the division series, take on the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS starting tomorrow. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. Well, it looks like that rain is gone, but the clouds are still going to be sticking around. It's going to be breezy with a high of 58, currently 48 degrees at 819 on WTMJ. And we're just a couple minutes away from being joined by the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, Mark Cass. He'll be here with us right after this. It's 821. Well, we're here talking pickleball. <laughs> Why us, not? Joining we should us always in the talk studio. To I thought this was the show, isn't it, on Pickleball? Pickleball Hour? Well, it is uh, during the week when Vince Petrano well, is here. Is, yeah. Well, Vince isn't very good, so he really needs... <laughs> We've got Mark Cass here. He's editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, and you're on your way to your I'm pickleball on the way to pick- with Vince. With, hopefully, hopefully this time he's on time. He was a little oh. late last time. He was like eight or nine minutes late. Oh, so, you know, I mean, well, then I mean, you could stay here longer. I mean, for a guy on radio, shouldn't he be on time? <laughs> I mean, you can't be eight or nine minutes on the radio, can you? Late? Come on, that's bad. <laughs> no, no, they frown on that. They frown on that. But, that's called quiet air, right? <laughs> but you're here with us right now, and let's talk a little bit about sports. Yeah. Let's talk about baseball. Because the State Assembly is finally taking up that AmFam field financing package. What are they? What are some of the key changes? Yeah. And do you think it's going to get approved? You know, this is interesting. And I said this at the beginning. I said it would last a while. There'd be a lot of negotiations. You and did. really nobody wanted to watch, right? I said, I said it's kind of like watching, kind of watching the food being made or watching the sausage <laughs> kind of being made. So here we are. We finally have an agreement between the city and the county and the state. Uh, the significant moves are actually a lower amount of money would come from the city and county. Uh, and that the, really, the, they'd also spend some time looking at things happening around the stadium, whether there's a chance for retail housing and stuff around the stadium. But in terms of the stadium itself, I mean, it's going to go to a vote on Tuesday. I think it's going to pass in the assembly. I think it will eventually will pass in the Senate and will get signed through Evers. Uh, I mean, it's a long time coming. It's important to the city. It's important to the region. But it's been kind of messy to watch it come together. There's no doubt about it. Ooh, and uh, yeah, and I, there's still going to be a little bit more. I will no, no. There, I mean, I think it, I think it gets messy all week. But I think in the end, everybody realizes the importance of this. If you look at what's going on right now, really throughout the country, kind of what are we talking about? We're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about all these teams who are still in the playoffs and all the attention they're getting. Think of that was happening here. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Obviously, it was close, but it didn't happen here. But next you know, kinda, year, next kinda, year, next Mark, year, we next always year. say that. You know, <laughs> think about that. Think about what happened in twenty one with the Bucks and how mm-hmm. 
when the, you know all the national attention, all the travel that comes here. Think about just the regulars. I mean, in June and July and August when the Cubs are in town. Oh my God, I can't believe I said the Cubs. I can't believe you, know, you said that. You know the Reds, the Cardinals, all those, <laughs> and all the all these people who come here and spend money, and all year long the people who come from Hudson, who come from Eau Claire, who come from Stevens Point to to spend money in our city. It's so important. And the other thing is held out there. I mean, I thought the one thing, and I should have been played up more. I thought was of the concerts they hold there. Almost half of the seats sold. Are out of state. Yeah. So think about when they had those huge shows there over the past few weeks, past few months, whether it was Aldean or Pink, all these people are coming from Illinois, they're coming from Iowa, they're coming from Minnesota, and are spending money in our city, and that's not going to happen if the, if that's, if the stadium's not here. No, well, this is true. But here's the other part of this. The parking lot. Yeah. Tell it's, it. Tell it's us something about. I've been harping on lately, but it's, yeah, it's important. Well, what, what do the brewers really about that are they open to yeah. it and what do you think the next step might be because they still have to have parking right with thousands and thousands of, of people coming for the game i think it's evolved i think up until the last few months they've been really kind of against it but the theory of that we want it for tailgating and we want the revenue we want what goes on in that parking lot and we want everyone to come into the stadium and eat and shop in the stadium i think over time it's evolved the mayor has been very adamant about this he wants to see i mean he wants to see it got looked at is there an opportunity on on the parking lots, not the entire parking lots, but in certain areas to have, whether it's housing, whether it's retail, whether it's office, whether it's mixed use, something out there. So that's going to create revenue all year long. Right now, you know, I mean, those lots sit empty a lot of the year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's 81 home games, uh, but is there a chance to do that? So what's going to happen as a result of this bill, again, if approved, is a, a, a study group will get set up and will involve the team, involve the state, involve the city because it's the, of the state owns the property. And is there a chance to look at something like right up the street here, right kind of right near the arena, like what's in Green Bay, like what's in Chicago, you know, kind of around the Cubs, like what's in St. Louis, yeah, where but they that, have but those, those things. those houses were there at Wrigley Field before Correct. Wrigley well, Field but, was but there. That, yeah, but not that hotel that's right across here from <laughs> well, Wrigley. You know, I forgot think about, about that. that. And now yeah. think about the casino that's attached right, or, oh. the, or not the casino, the, the, the DraftKings, right. which is attached right to the stadium. Think of the things that are happening around Wrigley and the atmosphere that happens all year long. I mean, number Right now, there's not a reason to travel out to the stadium in March, in October, late October, in November. But if you put things out there, whether it's housing, whether it's retail, whether it's office, all of a sudden you have a reason to do that. Maybe they spend more money at the restaurant out there, you know, or X-Golf that is out there now. Maybe there's an opportunity to create some energy, you know, kind of what do I talk about right about the city all the time? Energy and activity. Is there a chance there? And now also with the states looking at Highway 175, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And is there a chance to make that kind of kind of kind of more of a median in that area? So, and then you look at all the land that's open, kind of to the south into West Milwaukee. There's a chance to really kind of redevelop that whole area. I'm getting the idea you're you're going to change careers and go into I, development. You know, here. I, I I I like real estate. I'm not an expert. I've talked to a lot of real estate individuals in town who like the idea, who believe it's complicated, but yet why not? Right. Why not? Well, speaking of development around sports teams, the Milwaukee Business Journal uh, sat down with the owners of the Bucks, and you talked about that. What right. is the next part of that development in that area? Yeah, think about what's already going on there with the restaurants that's there and the hotel that's now open right across the street. And, the, and of course, I talked to you kind of last week, last week about the Honest Store and kind of what that's brought to the area. Now they're looking at kind of what's next. What's next will be first will be a will be the with the heavily debated kind of kind of the music venue uh, on the on the old side of the Bradley Center, a hotel next to that mm-hmm. at some point, and then it was been talk about either residential 
There's been talk about maybe more restaurants, and there's hope kind of long-term. This is nothing that will happen right away just because of the office issues that are going on in this country, but office at some point. So, But again, what, the, what they want to have happen there is live, work, and play. You know, have people that live there who live right next to the to the to the structure right now to the parking structure. You have play, obviously, with the with the arena and stuff. And now more work, whether it's an office building, whether it's the venue, whether it's another hotel. The thing I like about it, Libby, is when you go down there now. Let's say in July, and in the past there hasn't been really, really not much happening around the arena. You go down there now in July, and there's activity at the at the arena, whether it's a concert, there's activity at at the sports bar, there's activity at the hotel, there's energy in that area. Again, that's so important to a city to have these active areas. No, I I know you got a pickleball game. I do. So don't, I, I, don't and make I don't me want late, you to be late. Because Vince will never let me live it down if I'm but late. So. I have to ask you about the coal store. Yeah, it's you guys gotta, be you gotta get excited right about it. Yeah. Right next door. It's gonna open on the third of November. That's not that far away. Uh, so much interest in this store. We've been talking about this store for years and years. People want the store here. They wanted sure. a, they want a coal store. They also wanted something else. What do you really want downtown? People wanted a coal store and a Target, right? So now we got one of them, and that's a coal store. It's going to open up soon. Going to have a lot of local things in there. But again, the important thing to me is the the people that's going to are going to walk into that store. The people are going to be active in that store. The fact that you have the food hall here now, you have the radio station. What's going on here now? You're going to be able to walk right out your door here. And into the store, kind of on your way home to get that shopping and done. And I can return my Amazon packages. You're $25 on your Kohl's money. I'm sure, I'm sure you have Kohl's cash. So, you know, I think that's important. I think what it's done here is because you've seen all the energy that, that's occurred, you have all these all, the, all of the companies who are coming downtown who are going to work here. You obviously have the companies right in this building with Fiserv. It's going to open on the upper floors of that building. You know, hundreds and hundreds of new employees are going to shop at the store. Gonna, you know, I mean, what's happened at the avenue is kind of cool because it's kind of redone. It's been reborn, but you still have a retail anchor, right? Which draws traffic. A so lot. really important. It'd be fascinating to see how it does, but I'm really curious and anxious to have it open again because I think it's great for the city. I'm sure I'll see you in that store. Twenty five. You, you know, we'll share some of those 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 kind of Coles box, right? Yeah. You'll let me have your Coles box, right? Mm, yeah. I don't think you're we'll not see. a you're not a sharer. I can tell. <laughs> Mark Cass, you are. Oh, uh, sure, for sure. I'm going to let you get to that pickleball I'm game. I'm on my way down there. Uh, Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. It's 830 on WTMJ. And welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Next hour, we're going to be hearing from Greg Marcus from Marcus Theaters. And he's been everywhere. He's on GMA. I mean, he's he's all over the place with this Taylor Swift movie. How many Swifties have been out there the last couple of days? We're going to find out from Greg in just a little bit while, in just a little while. But first, a brazen attack against Israel was heard around the world. Flushing the pipes in Waukesha and a quandary for the morning show here on WTMJ. There was so much more, too. It's the Week in Review brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Fighting raging on this morning in Gaza after a surprise attack orchestrated by Hamas against Israel over the weekend. Israel's prime minister says his country is at war and will win. That after Hamas launched a massive surprise attack with thousands of rockets and a ground assault. Let there be no doubt the United States has Israel's back. The deadliest Hamas massacre. 
the music festival where over 260 people were killed. Videos emerge and they're, they're absolutely stunning and they're... They're horrifying. Brutality. I yeah. mean, just it's just mind-blowing. As the bombing of Gaza continues, Israel calling on hundreds of thousands of people to leave their homes amid fears of an imminent land operation. Please go south. We are going to destroy Hamas infrastructures. Here at home... <laughs> People gathering at the congregation Shalom in Fox Point for a community solidarity gathering. I'm sorry if my uh, voice is a bit uh, shaky. It's very hard to, to di- digest it. This one is a complete and total terrorist attack. We have to call it what it is. Back here in Milwaukee, a group of pro-Palestinian demonstrators held a downtown rally in March tonight. What we want is freedom for all. Cries of support for innocent citizens in the Gaza Strip caught in the crossfire. And now for something completely different. The Waukesha Water Utility is quite literally flushing out the old and pumping in the new as the city switches to Lake Michigan as its primary source of drinking water. We're moving 50 million gallons through our system within five days. It'll happen over a five-day period, and it'll basically go from east to west. Following up last year's double-digit increase for residential customers, We Energy is this year asking for a 3.1% increase. Yeah, that play, um, you know, once I kind of stepped up in the pocket, I just kind of saw Christian. I felt like he had the BB uh, beat by a little bit, kind of just underthrew it, didn't get enough on it, didn't get it out there enough, and, you know, the DB made a good play. Nobody's feeling sorry for us, and if we feel sorry for ourselves, we will regress. How are you feeling today? Better than you were last night? Yes, I have to go get a new phone screen, but I am doing better. After opening with a nod to former NFL running back Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Brewers general manager Matt Arnold addressing the rumors swirling around manager Craig Council's future with the team. Either way, we're going to be prepared to, to have a manager next year if it's not Craig. I want to keep every line open for communication here because he's our top choice here for sure. As a longtime member of the House GOP leadership, Steve Scalise has spent years whipping votes for his party. And now he's engaged in the whip count of his career. I think it's important we come together and I've offered to uh, nominate him uh, nominate Steve on the on the House floor. Not so fast. I just share with my colleagues that I'm withdrawing my name as a candidate for the speaker designee. Oh, what are we doing? Somebody in California is 1.7 billion dollars richer before taxes. That is, it is the second highest Powerball win in history and the second billion dollar jackpot in California this year. There are 63 eyes, 35 notes. Assembly bills 377 and 378 approved Thursday, restricting college and high school women's sports to people assigned female at birth. Assembly Bill 465 would ban health care for trans people under 18. We're gonna veto every single one. So we've received a text from our own Debbie Lazaga, who has just sounded the alarm. I see her as she is stuck inside of an elevator. I've been ringing the bell. I've been trying to use the little phone thingy. Nothing. There is no way, even if we could get to the door, we'd have any opportunity to <laughs> get you I heard you knocking when you two were just like, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, yeah, I hear you guys. Like, it's like I saw you walk up. That's... I had to like literally shimmy out. And I was no. saying, please do not start. Please do not start this thing. And then the guys grabbed me and I'm like, can somebody pull me? And they're like, Whoop. and scoop. Thanks to the Milwaukee Fire Department. Thank you guys so much. What a week. We have to establish a pee corner. Okay, guys, take care. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I feel for Debbie. I was stuck in an elevator. 
Not alone. I was with my 80-pound dog when the fire department had to come and get us. It was a... You wouldn't want to go through that one again. Uh, let's see. 841 The Week in Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. We're up to 49 degrees at WTMJ. I'm going to have a forecast right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, we certainly had a lot of rain over the last couple of days. Looks like that's out of the forecast for now. It's going to be partly to mostly cloudy. It's going to be breezy. Uh, And we're going to get up to about 58 degrees today. Then tonight, mostly cloudy and breezy, down to 47. Looks like Monday we've got uh, the clouds moving out in the afternoon and Still going to be on the breezy side, 56 for a high. Tuesday gets nice, sunny and 60. Wednesday, partly cloudy and breezy, 65 for a high. And on Thursday, we do have a slight chance of a shower, but it's still going to be in the 60s at 62 degrees. Right now in uh, Delafield, it's 44. Elkhart Lake has 46. Uh, we've got Sheboygan at 47 and at WTMJ. It is 48 degrees at 845. And you are just a minute away from Matt Sassler in sports right here on WTMJ. The Stars for the Bucks make their preseason debut tonight in L.A. against the Lakers. Giannis on the work that needs to be done to ensure that all stars shine the brightest. So it's going to be exciting to see how we can work together, and not just me and him, the whole team. Like the whole team, we've got to work together and figure out how can we get our teammates involved and put them in the right position to be successful. But um, at the end of the day, we got to like study the game. Guys got to sacrifice some stuff. Guys got to play within their roles. So that doesn't happen if we don't watch film. We've got to watch as much film as we can. Tip-off from Crypto.com Arena is scheduled for tonight at 6. Coverage begins on WTMJ at 5 with Buck Shootaround. Bad turned to worse for the Badgers, not only after falling 15-6 to Iowa, but also losing starting quarterback Tanner Mordecai to a hand injury in the first half. Head coach Luke Fickle on the plan moving forward if Mordecai misses additional time. We'll have to figure that out based on you know what, what the situation is with Tanner, and, and if it's going to be a longer situation than... Um, you know, we'll have to probably tailor a little bit and then we'll have to create some competition as well. You know, I think that's the that's the great thing about, uh, you know, having that room and, and having those guys. And Backup Braden Locke went 15 of 30 for 122 yards with an interception. Following their first conference loss, Wisconsin sits at 4-2, and 2-1 and one in the Big Ten. They take on Illinois next week. Kickoff from Champaign is scheduled for 2.30 p.m. The two and three Packers are idle this week. What is head coach Matt LaFleur doing for the bye? I'll be in here quite a bit and um, just try to find find something that to build upon moving forward. The green and gold resume play next Sunday in Denver. The MLB postseason resumes tonight with an all-Texas ALCS between the Rangers and the Astros, the Arizona Diamondbacks who swept the Brewers in the wildcard, and then the Dodgers in the division series take on the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS starting tomorrow. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. It's 8.50, it's 8.48, and in just a couple minutes we're going to be joined by Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com. What movie did he see this weekend? Hmm. Did he have bracelets? Oh, we're going to find out. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. It's 50 degrees at WTMJ. We're going to get up to about 
56 today. Looks like we're out of the rain for now. Well, it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with media critic and pop culture editor. And on Milwaukee.com, it's our own Matt Miller. And yes, there she is, Taylor. It's bad blood, but maybe not such maybe not such a bad thing at the box office. Tell us about the Swifty movie, and were you there this weekend, Matt? Yeah, very much not bad for the box office at all. It's looking like a $100 million opening weekend for this Taylor Swift documentary. One of the biggest openings of the year, and it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, of course, just like we all predicted. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun movie, I gotta say. I'm not like a Swifty. I didn't have any friendship bracelets or what? anything like that. What? Wait, 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 wait. You don't have any bracelets? I I forgot to make my friendship bracelets. Well, Matt, I'll yeah. have to make one for you. Oh, that's very sweet of you. <laughs> um, but but yeah, even if you're not a big Swifty or something like that, I think you watch the movie and you just it, it 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 she puts on a great show. And I wouldn't say it's the most like you know artistic movie ever made. I wouldn't say that this is you know stop making sense or something like that where it's really really you know. Uh, thoughtfully crafted in a lot of ways. This is pretty much a, a filmed concert uh, across the board, but you just watch it and you just, you feel that feeling of like, wow, this was a big show. It just really captures the scale and the size and obviously doing it in SoFi Stadium, which is one of the larger football stadiums right now. Uh, it, it really just feels monumental and it feels large and, you know, it, it 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 plays great, and what? she's got a bunch of hit songs. Well, what? And I think she hits just about all of them. Okay, well, here, here's what I want to know. Is it just the concert, or are there interviews interspersed? Um, you know, are, it, do you just feel like you've got a concert going on, or is there anything else to this? No, it is it is truly just the concert. There's no interviews. There's no backstory. There's, uh, you know, it, it is truly just pretty much, you know, the concert. And then three hours go by, and then you leave. <laughs> um, okay, uh, you know, now, now wait. Okay, so it just opens up. Let me get this straight. It just opens up with, uh, well, I, I would imagine some music, and then all of a sudden Taylor appears on screen, and then she just sings the whole two hours? It's, it's basically uh, her L.A. tour stop on screen for you. So if you never got to see an Eras Tour show Mm -hmm. at any point, which I didn't because I didn't have, you know, $5,000 and a kidney to give up, (laughs) uh, this is a really good chance for you to have experienced something that was, you know, massive. And yeah, obviously a part of the benefit is you get the best seat in the house. You get to see all of Taylor Swift's facial expressions. You get to see all of her performance. You're not, you know, in the second row from the from the uh, from the stanchion in the back. Of, you know, it's it, it it is you know the best possible way to kind of be at the show, other than being at the show. Do they show a lot and, of close-ups of the audience at the shows, or is it just all Taylor? There's a few cutaways to the audience. There's not a ton of those. And honestly, I'm fine with that. If I'm going to see a concert movie, I don't really, I'm not here to look at the audience. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm here to see Taylor Swift. Uh, So I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that they didn't go overboard on that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. And like I said, it is just the concert film itself. uh, But 
you know, it, it, it really works. It's a great show. It's a great performance. Uh, and it's, it's captured well. Like I said, I, I wouldn't say it's like the most like thoughtfully assembled thing. I, I would have loved if I would have loved, it's a little dicely edited and dicely. What, what do you, what do you mean dicely? What, what do you mean by that? It's a little, you know, choppy. Okay. It can be sometimes a little hyper edited. Like they did cases. it in a hurry? Not in a hurry, but just I, I think they edited it in a certain, you know, kind of more traditional style. And I would have loved it. You know, the beauty of the holding on a shot is that you really feel the moment. Mm-hmm. You really feel like you are there. And the more you edit it, the more it feels, you know, like a movie, like are- you are watching. Yeah. Okay. Ahead. Here's what I'm wondering, because Beyonce, I don't know. I don't think her. I don't think your tour made quite as much money, um, or garnered the excitement as Taylor Swift. However, they're releasing a movie of her concert on December first. Do you yeah. think this is? And and again, I don't know what the pre-sales are on that, or if the tickets are even available yet. But based on the success of this movie, and very likely the success of the Beyonce concert movie, is this going to be a new trend? Particularly since the actors are still on strike. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I mean, the writers are just now, you know, sitting down at their computers and putting stories together. Could we see a lot more of these concert-type films over the next several months or years? Uh, I... I I'm not sure, actually. You know, a lot of the reason why the Taylor Swift movie and Beyonce movie is going to do well as well, but a lot of the reason why they're doing well is because they're about Taylor Swift and Beyonce. You know, these are, it's kind of like the classic, you know, if you want to be successful like Radiohead, step one, be Radiohead. You know, not every band, not every show, not every, you know, not every tour is going to be able to garner this level of excitement and this level of crowd interaction. But I will say, and I will say that, you know, movies are kind of going more in this eventized way of doing things, of trying to find new ways of bringing things to the movie theater. If there's no new movies out that people are interested about, if people, you know, aren't seeing the Expendables 4 and Blue Beetle and stuff like that, well, maybe we have concerts, maybe we have UFC fights that we can put on the big screen. Maybe we have, you know, special events, uh, special, you know, TV screenings that we can put on the big screen and get a group of people together who are really excited about it. So I I do think you're going to see more of these kind of events on screen. We've already seen a bunch of them. These are just kind of the crown jewel of movie cinema events. Okay, but but Matt, as a pop culture editor on Milwaukee.com, I know you see a lot of concerts And part of the criticism has been that the price of particularly the big acts has just gotten to the point where you have to, the money is just incredible to even get a halfway decent seat at one of these, these concerts. Is this going to be the future? Because a lot of people simply can't afford to see their favorite singer, performer um, at, at many of these events. Will we see more of these films in the future, making it, reachable for a lot more people. I I think that's a great possibility. I mean, like you said, they're so expensive now and, you know, they they can't hit everywhere. So this is a good way to be like, hey, if you missed this out, uh, if you missed out on this, well, here's the movie version. And, you know, like I said, like you said, the Beyonce movie is going to be coming out. I'm sure 
you know, the, the, and again, there have been plenty of concert movies before this as well. BTS has had a few of these. Uh, there's some other K-pop acts. But it didn't create this films. kind of It excitement. didn't make $100 million. I mean, this is going to immediately, after four days, become the highest-grossing concert film of all time. Yeah. Uh, but I do think you're going to see, you know, an increased amount of these kind of concert well, movies. Plus because it, well, plus it monetizes for the performer. Uh, they don't yeah. have to do any extra work here. All right, uh, one one last question because we're almost out of time. How will this translate when it gets to your home screen? Will Will it be as exciting? I don't exciting? think it'll be as well. I don't really? think it'll as well. I think seeing it on a big screen with a really really loud audio, you know, part of the fun of watching this movie is just feeling how big it is, how big the show was how big and epic the size of the crowd was, how big the stadium is. That, that's what really, really made this movie exciting to watch. And I think watching it at home on a smaller screen, you know, you'll, you'll sit there and you'll just be like, oh, this, is, this was a concert. Whereas when you see it live, and if you're lucky enough to see it live with a house full of people, you know, standing and dancing and having fun and, re- and singing along with the songs, you know, it, you, you want it to feel like, the giant concert it was. And if you're watching it at home, it's not going to feel like that. Well, we're going to hear from Greg Marcus in about, oh, 30 minutes or so. He's going to tell us what the crowds have been like and what the actual inside of the theater has been. Matt Miller, we're going to check in with you again next week at the same time, same station, and find out what else to see (laughs) other than Taylor Swift movies. I'm sure there's something else going to be out there next week. New Martin Scorsese movie next week, also kind of a big deal. With Leonardo DiCaprio. Can't wait to hear about it. Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com. Always great to talk with you. Thanks for having me. It's the news next with Jessica Gatso. And when we get back next uh, half hour, as we said, Greg Marcus is going to join us. We've got some home improvement tips for you as far as not getting scammed. Eric Bilstead will be joining us. It's a busy hour all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Welcome back to Hour 2. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking with Greg Marcus and find out how many Swifties have been at the theater this weekend and how exciting has that event been. Um, but but before you leave, Jessica, I want to go over this. It, it was such a violent weekend. I mean, you're only reporting right now on the fatalities as far as the shootings, but there, there were right. a number of shootings over the over the weekend there were and the majority of them did happen to be fatal um this weekend and not only that but they all happened within about the same span of 20 minutes over saturday night and i guess the question i have about that is at least at this point are we hearing is there any sort of connection among those fatal shootings particularly since they occurred in such quick succession at this point, police have not said there is any connection, and they are were not um, in the same areas. All were at a different cro- set of crossroads, but they did all happen to have a similar uh, circumstance. Police well, said all of them involved a verbal argument, oh. um, and some of them involved a physical altercation. So all we know now is still those kind of generic uh, circumstances around them. Well, I was struck, too, by the age of, of the victims, because we're talking about men in, what, their 40s and 50s? We don't know uh, the gender of the victims, uh, but 
one there is 20 year old a 45 year old and a 52 year old yeah which in we had that situation was it last weekend or the weekend before with the with the minister who was in his 50s who was shot in a robbery too so i mean it seems like some of the victims are are older than they had been in the past it seems um you know very often you hear it's it's younger people under the age of 30 involved in these shootings but now it's it's reaching out to other generations yeah, it, it certainly seems like it. All right. And then the other, actually, there's two. Racine, what was the, that was a domestic, we think? Yes, a shooting happened in Racine on, uh, that was Saturday, F, uh, that was a late Friday night into Saturday morning, uh, but that was a domestic dispute. Um, the suspect ended up shooting a boyfriend who was having the domestic dispute with a girlfriend that was at um, 10th and College Avenue. So it was a woman involved in that shooting. Uh, she no the woman the woman was involved in the argument, but the uh, a roommate shot a boyfriend in this Ugh. in this. And then the last one is out of Fond du Lac, and yeah. that's the canine officer who was shot and is in critical condition. Yes, uh, yesterday, yeah, it was an officer involved shooting. So the suspect um, was shot in a gunfire exchange and. The police, a police dog was shot during the incident. We don't know any details of how or why the dog was there, um, how they the dog got shot, but they are still the dog is still in critical condition as well, far as we know. Yeah, but I mean, very often because so many of these forces now, police forces have canine units in order to calm down those suspects. They will very often bring the dogs, and hopefully, in those cases. The dog just brings a suspect down. Nobody is seriously injured. But in this case, a canine officer is fighting literally for his, its life yes. right now. Yes. Okay, Jessica. Well, sad stories this morning. Uh, thank you for, for updating us with that. We certainly appreciate it. It is 9-11 right now on WTMJ. I'm Libby Collins. And, you know, last hour we heard one of the stories Eric Bilstead has been talking about, and you're going to hear more of those throughout the week, about individuals who are battling type 1 diabetes. And we've got Eric here in the studio with us in just a couple minutes. He's going to be joining us, and he's going to talk about his own personal experience, as well as what he's doing next weekend to help raise funds for the eventual cure, we hope. For type 1 diabetes. But first, before we do anything else, in just a couple minutes, we've got Matt Sotzler. He's going to update you on WTMJ Sports. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. In the third preseason game, it's game time as Lillard, Giannis, and Chris Middleton all are expected to play for the first time this preseason when the Bucks take on the Lakers. Lillard on what he's most excited for. Obviously, just being on the floor with him in general, you know, he's going to have a lot of attention on him. I've never been in a situation where, you know, teams load up on somebody else and, you know, give me space to do what I got to do. So I'm excited for that. Tip off from Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles is scheduled for tonight at 6. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 5 with Buck shoot around. The Heartland Trophy remains in the hands of the Hawkeyes after the Badgers fell to Iowa 15-6. to Wisconsin played the better part of the game without starting quarterback Tanner Mordecai, who exited the game with a hand injury. Head coach Luke Fickle with the latest on his starting quarterback. It doesn't look good for, for a little while. Um, you know, he, he he couldn't grip the ball. So we'll, we'll have to make sure we find out what the, what the deal is tomorrow and see how long that, uh, that, may, that may last. 
Backup Braden Locke went 15 of 30 for 122 yards with an interception. The loss drops the Badgers to 4-2, 2-1 in the Big Ten. They travel south next week to take on Illinois. Kickoff is scheduled for 2.30 p.m. The 2-3 and three Packers are idle this week. What is head coach Matt LaFleur doing for the bye? I wouldn't say I'll, I'll be sleeping in the office these next few days, but uh, I would say that I'll be in here quite a bit and um, just try to find find something that to build upon moving forward. The Green and Gold resume play next Sunday in Denver. And also the MLB postseason is down to four teams. It resumes tonight with an all-Texas ALCS between the Rangers and the Astros. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who swept the Brewers in the wild card, and then the Dodgers in the division series, take on the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS starting tomorrow. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It is uh, 51 degrees. Boy, we're warming up pretty rapidly. I've got your full forecast in just a couple minutes, 916 on WTMJ. Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, it's nice to see just a little bit of sunshine creeping in, particularly after we've had all that rain on Friday and lots of clouds yesterday. Well, we're going to see a little bit of sun, but those clouds are still going to stick around. It'll be breezy. Our high's going to get up to about 58 degrees, and tonight mostly cloudy and breezy, dropping down to about 47. Tomorrow looks like the Clouds are going to start to move out, but it's still going to be on the breezy side with a high of 56. And by Tuesday, it's going to be mostly sunny and 60. Plus, on Wednesday, even warmer, 65 for a high with a few more clouds, a little bit breezy. And on Thursday, partly to mostly cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of 62. Currently, it is 47 degrees in West Allis. Port Washington, you have 49. Waukesha's at 46. And we are up to 51 degrees at WTMJ at 920. Well, it's always great to see Eric Bilstead's smiling face on a Sunday morning. And Eric, the reason I asked you to come in is next Saturday, the 21st, 8.30 in the morning in Greenfield, you are going to be emceeing a really important event. Yes, I'm honored to be a part of it. It's the local JDRF chapter, their One Walk, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, JDRF, raises money for type 1 diabetes, which is different than type 2 diabetes, uh, type 1 diabetes research looking for a cure, looking for helping with care, living with type 1 diabetes. That's the goal with JDRF and the uh, Big One Walk. Yeah, nice. it's coming up in less than a week. Oh, I know. It's really close to your heart. Yes. I, so I, I have type 1 diabetes. I've had it for 39 years. I was diagnosed as a kid. And usually someone with type 1 diabetes is diagnosed when they're a child, just the kind of the way it goes. Uh, it's an autoimmune disease. And uh, I've lived with it a long time, and it means a lot to me when I see and I can be there to, like, help meet and talk to kids who have it because I've been there, and I know what that's like. And for parents who have to live with a child with it, that also can be stressful, exhausting, et cetera. I just like to be able to be there with them and be able to tell them that, hey, you're not in it alone. I, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but do you remember the day? Oh, you yeah. You found out and what your reaction was? Yeah, it was hard to— it was hard to understand, but uh, I remember my mom sitting me down in the kitchen and saying, hey, uh, you know, we just took a test. You know, we went to the doctor's office because they could tell I was, I was not right. I was super mm-hmm. thin, like really thin and using the bathroom all the time, drinking a lot of water. My blood sugar was really high How at the time. Seven. Um, so 
my mom said, hey, we got to go to we got to go to the hospital and we got to spend several days there because back then it wasn't like a one and done. Like you had to go in and were you afraid? Um, I remember being more concerned about not eating sugar anymore because that was basically the big dietary change at the time was no more sugar. So that concerned me. And then being in the hospital and seeing the daggers of syringes that they were jabbing into my arms and legs, that bothered me. Um, And then realizing that that wasn't going to go away, that, you know, when we got home, my mom was like, hey, by the way, this isn't just, you know, a project that we're working on right now. This is forever. And that was a little hard to understand. When you were like seven, eight, things like Halloween, Christmas, stockings and all that, that had to, that had to be devastating to you as a kid. It was, it was a, it was a major challenge, but I will give my, uh, I'll give my parents a lot of credit because, um, though I think they empathize, they did not provide me sympathy because in my mom's eyes, Hey, we get to go home. You know, we, we got to come home with our kid. So in her eyes, in my dad's eyes, it was like, look, yeah, this is going to suck. But we're good because you're still alive. And I think that really helped me kind of process the idea and know that, okay, that just got to put on your shoes and get to work. Here Now, almost 40 years later, do you think it is easier for families when their children are diagnosed than when it happened with you? Fascinating question. I would say no, it's not any easier. However, the technology has improved greatly over that time period, and and thanks to JDRF, by the way, and so much easier to live with. So I think you can live a long, fruitful life. You can be healthy, and it's because of the tech that's available. But for a parent, I can still understand how that can be very trying, very stressful, very exhausting at times, for sure. Well, I know. It's really important. It's you, Again, let's tell everybody it's going to be Saturday morning. Yes. And what's going on? So we're in Greenfield Park, JDRF One Walk. So a lot of folks have been raising money for JDRF. So mainly what you'll see is a lot of teams that come together. So there's a a child generally with type 1 diabetes and then a team of people that are with them raising money for them. So basically, we're just trying to raise money. So what you'll see is it's it's remarkable. Some of these uh, some of these kids will have hordes of people with them that have all been raising money with them and for them for this walk. So I'm emceeing that event so I get to meet all these great people. And so I've also opened up a team. I'm not really walking, so I don't really need the, the company, but it's more of to raise money. And there is information on it. If you'd like to take a look at uh, my story or learn more about the walk, you can just text the word WALK, W-A-L-K, to the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. And I'll send you a link and you can take a look for it yourself. Well, I know this week we're going to hear a lot more of your stories yep. from families in the area. And thank you for all that you're doing uh, with these families that are dealing with children with juvenile diabetes. Well, thank you, Libby. I appreciate you giving me the time. Eric Bilstead. We'll listen tomorrow morning with Vince. Yes, ma'am. Always love to hear from uh, from Eric. He's a good guy, and it's certainly something you want to consider. Uh, boy, these kids with juvenile diabetes. I, I, my heart breaks for him. really does. All right. Uh, Isaac, do you know what day today is? Uh, Sunday. Good guess. Good guess. No, I would have thought you would have known this because for sure— I would think you'd want to celebrate it. It is National Cheese Curd Day. Oh, yes. Yep. That, that is absolutely something I want to celebrate. Do you know I never even heard of cheese curds until I moved to Wisconsin? 
That actually doesn't surprise me. They, they're not as well known outside of Wisconsin. Well, the interesting thing is now that Culver's is kind of expanding, and uh, I happened to be in Florida at the time they opened their first Culver's in, in the area where I was, and people were really excited. Literally, they were standing in line to buy Wisconsin cheese curds because it was like this exotic food that they had heard about and had never experienced. And you literally had people going, have you ever had a cheese curd? This is amazing. This is amazing food. I just, yeah, I don't, you know, you can only eat so many of them, though. Have you noticed that? I mean, I eat two cheese curds and I'm done. When you say you can only eat so many, I can eat so many. Really? Yes. What, what's the What's the greatest amount of cheese curds you have ever consumed in a single sitting? Ooh, I I, I don't have a uh, specific number there for. Well, take you, a guess. But I, take Take a guess, Isaac. I don't know, maybe twenty. How? I. I How could you eat twenty cheese curds? In a single seating. I just really love cheese curds, Libby. Any particular kind? I mean, Culver's Culver's has a great fast food cheese curd. Uh, Cousins Subs has great cheese curds. The I just had Lakefront Brewery cheese curds for the first time last weekend. They're fantastic. They're- it's interesting that you bring up Lakefront Brewery. Apparently, in honor of National Cheese Curd Day today... They're going to be making cheese curds tossed in a chocolate cookie breading. They're going to deep fry them, and then they're going to drizzle them with vanilla icing and powdered sugar. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll give it a try. I think I'd take a bite, and that would be it. I'll report I, back. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'd, li- I'd, like, I'd like your report from National Cheese Curd Day. It's 928 on WTMJ. I don't think I've ever heard a, a Taylor Swift song I didn't like. I don't know. There's just something about the pop princess. You, you, you got to hand it to her. And if you have been at a Marcus Theater at all in the last month or so, you very likely have heard and seen this. Fellow Swifties, it's me. Hi. I'm Greg Marcus. I know you're as excited as I am to get to the show. And like you, I want to get the most out of the experience. So I've just been studying up on a few things. Uh, Let's see. During Bad Blood, sing You Forgive, You Forget, But You Never Let It Go. Okay. Uh, Double clap in You Belong With Me. Yell, how'd that make you feel on the 10-minute version of this one? Really, Jake? An indelicate yell, one, two, three, let's go. B- uh, whoa, whoa, I can't say that. But you know what? You can. In fact, we want you to forget all about the normal keeping quiet in the theater stuff. You're here to have fun. So get loud, sing along, stand up. You can even leave your cell phones on. That way you can take selfies with your friends. We want you to do whatever you would do as if you were at the show itself. So enjoy everything about the experience. I know I will. Well, just as soon as I learn all my parts. 
Whew, this is a lot to memorize. I'm gonna need a cheat sheet. I love it. You know, because obviously if you go to the theater, the worst thing you can do is have somebody either standing in front of you or, you know, sitting behind you and making noise or standing up or talking or, heaven forbid, singing along if it's a musical. Uh, But in this particular case, it has been not just encouraged, it's, it's, it's expected that people should do it. Have you seen the movie yet? I have not. I I am not a Swifty. What? Uh, no, nobody in my life significantly is a Swifty. I I and a lot of my friends are what our what our buddy Matt Miller referred to as Swift positive, but <laughs> uh, nobody, at least none of my close friends, like in Milwaukee here, are Swifties. Oh, okay. All right. See, I going back to that first song that she had, "Love Story." I I. Just always enjoyed her, enjoyed her music. And uh, she seems like an interesting person. I guess last night, I, I wasn't up that late, but she was on Saturday Night Live and brought her boyfriend, her new boyfriend with her. Because she has a lot of boyfriends. A lot of boyfriends. And then they all have songs written about them. Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't see that. Maybe I can find it online somewhere and find out what happened on that one. It is 9.39 on WTMJ. We have 52 degrees. That temperature keeps rising. We're going to get up to about 56 today. And uh, we've got a really interesting guest this week on WTMJ Conversations. We're going to let you know about him. And also, if by any chance you have had somebody knock on the door and say, Oh, you know what? It looks like you need mulch. And you never heard from them before? We've got some tips for you re- involving home improvement scams. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. It's going to be partly mostly cloudy and breezy today. We'll get up to 58 degrees. Then tonight, mostly cloudy and breezy, down to 47. Tomorrow looks like those clouds are going to start to go away, but it's still going to be on the breezy side. 56 for a high. And by the time we get to Tuesday, we will be back in the 60s under sunny skies. Right now, uh, we've got temperatures in Elkhart Lake, 47 degrees. Looks like Lake Geneva has 46. Mosquitoes at 46, and it is 51 degrees at WTMJ at 942. We were watching TV the other night, just around dinner time, and the doorbell rang, and it was a guy wanting to pave our driveway. Now, Michelle, we had never seen him before, but uh, I know a lot of people out there need to be very suspicious when somebody, especially out of a clear blue sky, wants to repair something or do some home improvements. And on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline. We have Michelle Reinen from DATCAP, our consumer protection uh, expert. And a lot of people are getting taken advantage by things like this, aren't they, Michelle? They certainly are. We see this seasonally throughout the year, and we've gotten reports recently that those door-to-door solicitors are out there, and they're not their standard, you know, belong in the community, have their registration with your municipality. These are transient crews who've come from out of state, are often unlicensed, you know, with the municipality selling their goods. And they have all sorts of excuses as to why they'll give you a great deal. 
could be because their truck's broken down and they have product remaining that's going to go to waste, or maybe there's leftover product from another job and they can give you a deal. But what we see is sometimes they take your money and run. Other times they take your money um, and do a poor job, or they promise you a great deal and then in the middle of the job drastically increase the price and kind of leave you hostage to having to pay what they're now demanding in order to finish the job. So we really just want consumers to plan um, and and uh, plan the work that you need done. And if you're responding to a storm, you know, go to your go-to list instead of just responding to the individual who's at the door in the moment. Yep. We've had that before. And every time when my husband says, but you know, this guy seems like he's doing a good deal. I say, wait a minute, stop right now. We're not dealing with somebody we don't know. And I think that's really good advice for anybody. And if by any chance somebody out there thinks that they are being scammed, let's give that consumer protection hotline. That'd be one 800 4227128. And it's 944. We're up to 52 degrees at WTMJ. And you are one minute away from Matt Sossler and sports. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. The stars for the Bucks make their preseason debut tonight in L.A. against the Lakers. Giannis on the work that needs to be done to ensure that all stars shine the brightest. So it's going to be exciting to see how we can work together. And not just me and him, the whole team. Like the whole team, we've got to work together and figure out how can we get our teammates involved and put them in the right position to be successful. But um, at the end of the day, we got to like study the game. Guys got to sacrifice some stuff. Guys got to play within their roles. So that doesn't happen if we don't watch film. We've got to watch as much film as we can. Tip-off from Crypto.com Arena is scheduled for tonight at 6. Coverage begins on WTMJ at 5 with Buck Shootaround. Bad turned to worse for the Badgers, not only after falling 15-6 to Iowa, but also losing starting quarterback Tanner Mordecai to a hand injury in the first half. Head coach Luke Fickle on the plan moving forward if Mordecai misses additional time. We'll have to figure that out based on you know what, what the situation is with Tanner, and, and if it's going to be a longer situation than... Um, you know, we'll have to probably tailor a little bit and then we'll have to create some competition as well. You know, I think that's the that's the great thing about, uh, you know, having that room and, and having those guys. And Backup Braden Locke went 15 of 30 for 122 yards with an interception. Following their first conference loss, Wisconsin sits at 4-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in the Big Ten. They take on Illinois next week. Kickoff from Champaign is scheduled for 2.30 p.m. The two and three Packers are idle this week. What is head coach Matt LaFleur doing for the bye? I'll be in here quite a bit and um, just try to find find something that to build upon moving forward. The green and gold resume play next Sunday in Denver. The MLB postseason resumes tonight with an all-Texas ALCS between the Rangers and the Astros. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who swept the Brewers in the wildcard, and then the Dodgers in the division series, take on the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS starting tomorrow. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's 947 and uh, temperatures rising, 52 right now, 56 is going to be our high. Uh, This week on WTMJ Conversations, fascinating interview. I'm going to tell you all about it. Wait until you hear this guy. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Oh, everybody's talking about it, but here's a man who has seen it firsthand. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Greg Marcus from Marcus Theaters. And Greg, I got to find out, what have the crowds been like at your theaters this past weekend? Oh, they've been they've been great. 
I got to tell you, last night I actually went to one of our theaters to just to check it, to check it out, right? <laughs> just to check it out, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was unreal. I mean, the kids were sitting; they all sort of gathered in the front, and they were up and dancing like it was an actual live concert. Well, that's because it was. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. <laughs> now, did you ever learn the words to all those songs? <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them, apparently, which we're not going to repeat here. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing, is you have been all over. I, I even saw you on GMA the other day. And it's amazing how excited you get about your theaters, the, the performances, and most importantly, the people who come. I, I love your videos that run in the theaters where you actually, I mean, dare we talk about the Barbie uh Promotion you did with the wig? Oh, oh, TikTok. Yeah, you know, it's pretty funny. I'll tell you, you're one of the rare adults that actually saw me on TikTok. That's the beauty of TikTok is if you see me on the screen in the theaters, which I, you know, get a little goofy up there. Oh, man, that's that's like nothing compared to the TikTok stuff they asked me to do. And basically when it comes to, especially with TikTok, I just do what the social media experts tell me to do. We've got some great people on our team. And I just they tell me, they say, okay, do this. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And uh, and it works because we get a lot of traction. But the beauty of TikTok even getting crazier is, as I said, no no adult ever says, oh, I saw you on TikTok, or <laughs> very rarely. <laughs> well, so, sometimes your your videos, your your TikToks, and the things that are presented are, are more entertaining than some of the movies. But but I digress here, Greg. Let's talk about what do you think the future of, of films like this is going to be in theaters? Are we going to see more concert films? Well, I certainly hope so. You know, I've been telling people, this is a phrase I've been using lately, uh, you know, people think we're in the movie business, but we're really what we are is in the getting together with other people business. Oh, I love that. That, that is true. And we've, been, and we've been talking about this for a long time. And frankly, I, I, I hate to go back there because I try to block most of this out of my mind. But if we go back to the pandemic, uh, where I was being asked a lot of, well, what is the future? Where we were worried about the existence of the movie theater business, many were. I said, you know humans want to be together. We can't fight human nature, thankfully. And they, they're going to want to be back out and out and about and being together. And that's absolutely true. In fact, we still need even more of that. And, uh, you know, with, with that going up, with, with that as a basis, then thinking about, well, what else could people do in theaters? And this isn't the first time there's been a concert film. You know, BDS was in months, you know, a while ago, a few years or so ago, and we have, we've got Talking Heads movie was just re-released recently. And so it's not the first time we've had concerts and theaters, but man, Swiftonomics, it's the first one with this kind of force going on behind it. And, uh, and so it's great for people to broaden their view of what a theater could be. Oh, and, and you are doing it right. And I love that you're encouraging everybody to come out and have a good time at the theater. It's such a feel-good film. Greg Marcus, thanks for getting up early with us this morning. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's 9.54 on WTMJ. And, well, I, I really, you know, there's some people I, I really enjoy talking with, not just when I'm doing interviews, but but informally. And I was fortunate enough to talk this guy into coming in for a WTMJ Conversations. And that's Milwaukee native Scott Klug. You may remember him going back to the 90s. He was part of the Gang of Seven. He represented... Madison. He, he was born right here in, in town, but uh, he started out as a newsman. He was in 
Seattle. He was in uh, Madison. He was in Washington, D.C., covering newsmakers. But what was it like when he ran for Congress, won a seat, and became a newsmaker? You had been covering politicians as a reporter. Now you are one. What was your impression when you first got in there and looked around at the other people who had been there much longer than you? There were folks who got elected with me who were, you know, a small town banker from Nebraska and a guy who'd been a professor. Uh, another guy was a building contractor and they never really spent any time in D.C. So when I got elected, I knew what to expect and I knew where to go. And I carried a Metro Pass in my back pocket to wander around town because I'd lived and worked in Washington for eight years before then. And I think it gave me a huge advantage coming out of the media because I understood how the press worked. In some cases, I think especially for the local press in Madison, it was harder for them than it was for me because they had to be objective and I was a friend. One of the reasons I have a lot of respect for former Congressman Scott Klug is after four terms, he said, that's it. I'm done. I I believe in term limits, and guess what? I feel my term limit is up. He did a lot when he was in Congress, including uh, taking on the establishment when he and six other congressmen uncovered the congressional bank scandal. They uncovered the post office scandal, which ended up sending the head of the Ways and Means Committee to prison. Uh, And the interesting thing is, as he looks at politics in this in this political season, as we're, as we're deciding who the next president is going to be, he said, you know, the interesting thing is we hear all about the far right. We hear all about the far left. But the majority of voters are right in the middle. And uh, that's what he's doing right now. As, as a storyteller, as a, as a former politician, he has put together a podcast called Lost in the Middle, which is a, a series of storytelling about people who really aren't on the extreme ends of the political spectrum. And we talk a little bit about that. It's all going to happen at 11.05 this morning, uh, right after the... Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, Brian Wickert and Tim Holman, they're going to be here right after the news discussing the connection between geopolitical events and interest rates. And uh, then it'll be my conversation. It's all ahead right here on WTMJ.